Welcome to Forbidden Talk, lifting the veil on all things sex. I'm Sam Zia, licensed marriage and family therapist, joined as always by Mona Shake, stand-up comedian. Thank you so much, Mona, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is, uh, I'm, I cannot tell you how absolutely excited I am about this. Um, I'm going to let the audience know a little bit about myself. Um, yes, so please. like you mentioned, like I'm a stand-up comic. Um, I am of uh, Pakistani descent. I was born and partially raised in Pakistan, moved when I was 15. I've been a stand-up comic for almost 11 years now. Yay! Yay. Congratulations. I, thank you very much. Yeah, and I didn't always feel that way, but thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been, I get to perform all over the world, and uh, I uh, run a very successful weekly comedy show called Minority Reports, and I am so happy to be joining you and having this forbidden conversation about sex in the Middle East and South Asian communities yeah, here and abroad. This it's is important. fascinating. It is an important discussion that needs to be had. A little introduction of who I am and why you're listening to me talk right now. I'm Sam Zia. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm also an ASECT trained sex therapist. So I this is a topic that I have a lot of experience with and I love talking about. So we're not going to waste any time. We're going to get right into what we're going to discuss. We're This whole show, we're going to be talking throughout the run of it, LGBTQIA issues. We are going to be talking about stuff that you may be a little uncomfortable hearing, like the BDSM community, the kink community, shame, and the weight it carries on sex in the Middle East. We're going to address all of these issues. Everything under the umbrella of sex is open for discussion right here on Forbidden Talk, and we can't wait to get started. Oh my God, we have such a special treat today for you guys. We have an amazing guest. Uh, we've been friends for a while now. Uh, Facebook tells me that we've been friends for eight years, uh, but she argues that we've been friends for seven. Uh, we have the amazing Ani Zunneveld, uh, founder of Muslims for Progressive Values and a founding member for Alliance for of Inclusive Muslims. Alliance of Inclusive Muslims. There she is. Welcome, hey. Ani. Welcome. Hey. Yay. Hey. Welcome. Hey, hey, hey. So we're so excited to have you. So I've been telling Sam and I've been uh, singing your praises. So uh, all those all those payments and empanadas are now paying off. So just so you know. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. My, <laughs> you, don't under, you don't understand how tight my underwear has been getting. It's been it's been rough out here for I a girl. I can see that. It's been getting so rough. I'm wearing loose clothes just trying to get away with it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited to, we're both super excited to have you because, uh, you know, was one of the topics we were talking about today was about uh, sex and violence. And, you know, you and I had like this Facebook Live we did few weeks ago uh, about the FGM. So, you know, rather than me kind to paraphrase and walk into it, um, why don't we just hear it straight from the source? So take it away, Ani. Right. FGM. A lot of people don't even know what the acronym means. Yes. And it's female genital mutilation. And sometimes it's also known as female genital mutilation and cutting. So FGM slash C. So it's basically um, getting your clitoris cut um, sometimes completely removed, the labia completely removed, um, and then sometimes the vagina is actually sewed and so that just a little bit is open spaces there so that when you menstruate that there's an outlet. So it's basically... What about peeing? Peeing, yeah, as, as just enough. If you can bleed, obviously you can also... Ugh. Yeah, so basically it's really... It's equivalent to removing... Your penis, right? So you can imagine how painful that is, because removing the whole penis or just the circumcision. The, no, no, the whole. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, that's well, the clitoris is basically the female female penis. penis with a lot of nerve cells. It's supposed to be the most concentrated point in our female body with the the, the nerve cells, That's concentrated right. area. That's right. And even though I know more politicians that are more sensitive than a clitoris, but please <laughs> proceed. <laughs> oh, you're going there. <laughs> so um, sorry to be so vivid and actually probably very painful for a lot of folks to hear, but that's actually the reality. And I think people need to realize that it is a very uh, painful experience for young girls to go through, and it's um, in some societies that it used to. It is a sort of a a way to control a girl's sexuality before they become before puberty. Mm-hmm. So it is all about controlling controlling the women's sexual desires because there's so much of the nerves centered in such a small surface area. Right. So. Um, in some societies, even here in the United States, white women used to have FGM done to them like in the 1900s, early 1900s. Whoa. So this is not just a, um, a particular brown people or black people's issue. Uh-huh. This is actually an issue of men wanting to control women's sexual desires. Really? When does that ever happen? Never. Oh, we have yes. complete freedom. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. So um, so this is an issue in the United States. Um, a lot of people don't know that. We actually had a law in place for about 20 years, but it has never been tested because Americans assume that, oh, this never happens in the United States, and that is far furthest from the truth. Mm-hmm. So recently, um, last year in 2018, um, there was a FGM case in Detroit where a doctor, a FGM doctor, was accused by the federal prosecutors for conducting FGM on, uh, at her medical clinic after office hours. Wow. And, um, and yeah. And how old were the girls? Um, nine, eight, and seven. And um, two. Well, what now? I'm sorry to interrupt, but what yeah. was the purpose of it? Why, like, why was this doctor in Detroit? Yeah. performing this after hours. What the, was her this, reason? Her community, this particular doctor is from a Dawoodi, um, Bahra Dawoodi community. It's a particular Shia minority community. And as a matter of fact, as a form of policy within their interpretation of their religion, uh, which is sort of a bastardized version of Islam, they their practice, they justify that in the name of religion. And so she was basically providing a service for her community. Mm. But she she knew that, obviously, it is against the law, so she was doing it in a clandestine way. Right. Yeah. Just trying to hide it. So uh, th- so uh, she's saying, uh, I guess, uh, in their community, they believe that in the Quran it says, uh, no clitoris. Is that what they're no, there's no thinking? S- no, there's no such thing. It's not, it's not even in the Quran. It's actually... Um, it's not even the hadith, and there's pro- you know yeah, the, there's no hadith for it either. Yeah, there's like no, there's one particular very vague hadith um, that sort of cracks the door open. It's just a justification, but it's it's really not a justification. I I call it a complete bastardization of the religion. Sure. So um, you know because pe- it's ultimately about controlling. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, so people say, oh, but this has nothing to do with Islam. Yes, it has nothing to do with the Quran, but. Right. Islam is being used, That's so right. let's get real, yeah. right? So you can't just sweep it under the rug and say, "Oh, and put a disclaimer." That's BS. That's, right? Yeah, right. that's copping out. Right. And there's a lot of that going on. Right. So, so for us, it's really calling it out and calling and and dictating 
the framework that there is no justification and working with religious leaders who are affirming of women and girls' rights and who are against FGMC as well. So that's the sort of work that we do, um, not just here in the United States, but also in in Muslim majority countries, we work with imams that you know that that address this issue at the grassroots level within families. So what what countries has uh, Muslim for Progressive Values been in and you know done this kind of grassroots work in? We do this and for how long? Yeah, well, MPV Muslims for Progressive Values we've been around since two thousand seven in the United States, and so the work we've we, we've become it. You know, a human rights organization. We support women's rights, um, women's right to self determination, to decide um, when to marry, who you want to marry, if you want to marry, <laughs> how many kids you want to have. How is that even a conversation? I know it is. Unfortunately, it is a it is a debate, not even a conversation. It's wow. a fight. Wow. And um, again, boils down to control. Yeah. And then using religion yeah. to justify that yeah, behavior. That's right. And so, obviously, women's rights. Um, you know. It, it, it depends on what country you're at. In the United States, we have laws in California protecting you. However, for example, I, I, um, I sort of here in California, we have no um, marriage age. So, so 16 with parental consent. But what's happening is that parents, conservative parents, are forcing their child into marriage. Or if they find out that their child is a lesbian or gay, mm. they're forcing their child into marriage. So that's happening. So it's not. Can I, I'm sorry. Can I interrupt? Uh, yeah. What are these? Any particular, you know, ethnic communities? Are these like just regular old white people doing? Like who? What, these, who are these people? These are conservative uh, communities, regardless of what religion. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Christians, Muslims, yeah. it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Jewish. You, wow, yeah, Pentecostal. Forcing, yeah, wow, forcing and, young people. Yeah, but and, mostly or, girls. These are all mostly course, girls. Of course, and a common, out of ten. A common thread with a lot of the religions that we've noticed is that sense of control over women, their bodies, yeah. and uh, what they can and can't do yeah, with them. Exactly. So it seems like, and while a lot, even within the Middle Eastern community, when we look at female genital mutilation. We look at it as being primarily a problem over there. Yeah, that's right. And when you bring up stories and bring up cases where this is happening right here in our country, it's eye-opening. Yeah. It's, it, 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 yes. it makes me shake. Yeah. It's terrifying. And what's worse is that, so because what happened in the Detroit case, the federal judge threw out the case um, on technical terms, basically saying that this federal law is unconstitutional. So what has what what we now have in t- 2019 is that we don't have a federal ban on FGMC in the United States. So I don't understand how is the federal law unconstitutional. You know that's a technical legal term that I I don't even know how to address. Mm-hmm. So, but basically, what the the federal legislation in the House is trying to do is to actually to argue to reinstate the law as no, this is a constitutional law that was legislated in so many in this such and such a year, et cetera. So this is you know separation of church and the separation of the church different divisions of the yeah, government. Yeah, the, the, a lot of the people that are against it being a federal law are very much states' rights activists. Exactly, are people who are much yeah. uh, in favor of having states' rights, and we can go into that yeah. uh, a thousand times over and spend hours discussing. Yeah. Both yeah. sides on that. So the movement now is that to have states actually legislate anti-FGMC laws, yeah. and so now states are actually doing it slowly, ever so slowly, and so mm. that's what's going on on the ground. 
not waiting for the federal government to legislate, but doing it at the state level. So now let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the big stuff that went down in your video that went viral. Look at you, you celebrity, you. Oh, uh, so uh, the audience needs to know that um, uh, not too long ago you were in Washington D.C. and uh, Representative Ilhan Omar. Uh, was uh, you know on was speaking and she was on stage and you got up and there were various people in the audience who could get up and ask questions um, and you as the human rights you know organization okay. founder that you are um, you got up and you asked a question can you tell us about that right so I asked her two questions the first one went down very first well first of all what what was it <laughs> okay yeah the first question was. Um, Ilhan Omar actually had um, a proposal legislation to banning any business between any country between Americans and American government with any country that implements stoning. Mm -hmm. So we are uh, we are absolutely in her corner on that. So right. I know that the legislation has stalled; it hasn't gotten anywhere. So my question to her: Where is it, where is it at, and how can we support this? Mm -hmm. um, because. Yes, you probably know. I'm dead on, dead against stoning. This is it's it's not even. But Islamic what kind or. of stoning? Though? <laughs> oh come on, Mona. Like, like getting stoned <laughs> kind of stoning, or like actual <laughs> stones being thrown. Stones being thrown. Stones being thrown. Yes. But the other so kind of stoning, it, you're totally for. That's this is not even the subject matter. <laughs> These are, this is a yeah. legit question. Yeah, no, okay. No, I'm talking about throwing stones at someone. Oh, okay? got it, got, got it. it. With the intent of killing them. Got it, got it. So um, so that was question number one. To her response to that was, oh, we'd love, to your, we'd love your support on, for that. Yeah. And so the question number two is, um, now, I've obviously I've introduced myself as, you know, President of Muslims for Progressive Values, and I always do that because I don't wear a hijab right. and I don't dress quote unquote Muslim, whatever that is, right? Right. So um whatever the narrative is right now in the yeah. media of what a Muslim woman is supposed to look like. Yeah, you right. and I are both consider ourselves Muslims and we do not wear the hijab. Right. We do not wear mm -hmm. the burqa. We don't wear the khamiya, whatever, you know, we don't yeah. wear any of that. Yeah. Um because we're attractive and we want to show our faces. Please proceed. <laughs> and your shoulders, by the way. <laughs> and my ankles. I'm very big on that because I shave them on a regular basis. Very, very proud. I shaved my big toe, too. Oh. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Shave my big toe, man. That's a, legit, that's a legit problem. I have seen girls during the summer shave their legs and not shave their big toe. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah. What, are you going to pluck that? No, you're going to shave it, girl, is what you're going to do. Anyways, I digress, please. I, I prefer waxing. So. <laughs> oh, that stuff is so painful. I can't do it. Okay. Anyway, Sorry. so um, <laughs> this this got very Sam Sam's so isolating on this one. Sam, you're <laughs> Sam, a hairy you're Sam a hairy brown in. man. Sam, yes, you know what that's about. Oh yeah, no. Feel I, free to jump in anytime, Sam. Sam. Where you should get you. Have you ever gotten your chest waxed? No, like I, in the forty year old virgin. I got my back lasered. Oh, how was that for you? It was like getting hit with rubber bands over and over and ah. over again. Oh, it's like a, a you liked yeah. it though. Oh yeah, I felt something. Oh yeah, no, that's wow, a, wow, that, that's, that's like a lot of emotional stuff you just unloaded on us. That's You're like kind of, I felt something. I usually don't feel anything uh, at all. Yeah, no, that's the kind of thing that you know people usually pay double for that kind of action. Oh yeah, was it like was she wearing like leather when she was doing this? Or? No, I, I I actually would have preferred that, but no, she uh, was very clinical Sweet. about it. She which, yeah. 
White suit. Yeah, White for sure. Suit. Now, uh, just a reminder, everybody, Ani Zonnefeld joining us, president and founder of Muslims for Progressive Values, talking about female genital mutilation, a topic that uh, I've said earlier, I, I, when I hear this, I hear it, you know, I think immediately Middle East African countries. Mm-hmm. I do not associate it at all with the United States. And this is something that now when you hear it and you bring up stories about this happening here, it just it's shocking. But you you go to these Middle Eastern countries to try to advocate for progressive values. What's the resistance like to you going there? Have, have you had any protests? Have you had any? Well, I, before we get into that, and that's a yeah. really valid question, Ani was going to finish her representative oh, yeah, yeah, Ilhan yeah. Omar story. So, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. Sorry. Before Please I totally me. sidetracked on <laughs> oh, waxing. I'm sorry. Well, so with Ilhan Omar, I basically um, gave the background, which she knows the background about this particular case in Detroit and how it fell apart, and now we don't have a, a law in place. And basically, I knew how she voted in Minnesota against um, FGM, I mean, in support of the ban of FGM and the punishment there. Um, and basically, I was appealing to her as an advocate, like, could you come with us and join us in this advocacy? Because the American public does not know, right? right. Like you said, Sam, people actually don't know this is an issue in the United States. The media does not report about it. The media does not challenge um, politicians on this. Right. So so that was that was why I asked her the question. And unfortunately that was not the response that I got was was a slam me slamming slamming me up against the wall for even asking the question, mm-hmm. which I thought was a, a sad you know a sad narrative. And unfair. Very unfair. Yeah. Very unfair. I, uh, yeah. And that video I, I saw the video. <laughs> yeah. Right? And initially when you had gotten up and the video went, went viral, people were saying, Oh, it's like from the right. Yeah. Like a like a, you know, a, a, a someone who from the right who's coming and trying to slam Ilhan Omar and then when they pulled the camera back, it revealed that it was a fellow progressive Muslim woman yeah. who's a human rights and the thing about it is that there were people that recognized me um when the, when the camera pulled up Pulled yeah. out, people started recognizing who I wa- who I was, and then they started messaging on social media. Hey, this is Ani Zonovich. She's a human rights defender. This is not a right wing trope. And so, and and the, so the media got caught. The left media got caught uh-huh. with their pants down there, yeah. um, and how they were framing it. And um, and that this is the problem with the the media right now. Mm-hmm. The the right is doing its part in fanning their base, and the left is doing its part in fanning the base, and just bridging, and just not interested in bridging and talking across the aisle. That's They're right. just interested in just fanning the base and, and, and really dividing the society. Yes. And and this is the sad this is the sad climate of America right now where we can't even talk about children's rights mm-hmm. without being accused. I was accused of being anti black, being an Islamophobe, all these awful names. Of course you were. You know. For what? For defending a child's right? For ta- speaking up against FGMC? It's, yes. it's really appalling. But you know, you have to understand. There's, and, wait, there's and a, these are liberals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calling me yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Listen, I, I mean, the thing is that the trolls on both sides are in like full full force right yeah. now. Yeah. You know, uh, I think I told you that I was on the Young Turks and I yeah. had made a joke about something and people like lost their shit over it, calling me like racist, calling me all kinds of names, and I'm just like. Hi, have you seen this brown face? What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. I, you know, so I, I'm not had, surprised. There was, there was a white convert to Islam man calling me Islamophobe oh, and calling me um, anti-black and racist. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm like, seriously? Because those words are also a lot easier to toss around. Yeah. You know what it is? I think it's also a lot easier. They're lazy. It's lazy. It's, it's not lazy. It's intellectually dishonest. It's, Thank is you. It, is it intellectually dishonest? I feel like it's also, I feel there's also, it's just a lot easier to just throw that at someone and not actually take the time to get to know their intent and no. what the hell was it they're no. actually saying. Some of these people know know the work that we do and their intent is to to undermine your work. Their intent is to destroy your work. And what do you think that is about for them? I mean, this it's dude about is power. a it's about ta- <laughs> it's about power and it's about Feeling jealousy. Important. It's about fitna. It's about um, fitna is um, a Muslim term, Islamic term for um, slander. Yeah, mm. yeah. I yeah. thought it was a form of fitness, like fitna. Fitness. No, it's fitna. That's the Muslim fitness. Yeah. Fitna. It's slander. Slander is 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 not to be taken lightly in Islam. So it's it's amazing. All the people that do the slandering are. Muslims for the most part. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, look, you and I uh, are like these two progressive Muslim women that speak our mind. We go out there. We put ourselves out um, basically pretty vulnerable. You know, we made our, make ourselves vulnerable for the sake of the greater good, right? I mean, I know, I've known you for a while. You've known me for a while. My intent is how do we overall fix this? How do we overall just move forward yeah. and not be stuck in this rut where if we, Muslim women or Muslims in general are just perceived as this like backward ass culture somehow oppressed or oppressed culture yeah. and we're you know we're, we're we're making tremendous progress but that's not that's being overshadowed by bullshit like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um and to answer Sam's question and connecting it all together, I think it depends on what part of the Muslim world, for example, like in the Middle East, it's a little bit more challenging because they're stuck in this mentality that we're Arabs and the Quran is in the language of Arab, uh, Arabic. And so we own this religion. Mm. And so that's a very different superiority complex to yeah. deal but with. But you're talking about in particular Saudi Arabia. You're no, talking about- no, Arabs in general. Mm. And Arabs here in the United States, they tend to be either very conservative or they've given up on religion. And it's very hard to find actually Arabs that are actually identify themselves as Muslims and yet are you know progressive minded and mm-hmm. move forward looking and so on. So from a religious perspective, yeah. but in the Arab world, for example, I do a lot of work in Tunisia, which is like the most progressive Arab country out there. Mm-hmm. And um, when we launched our initiative Imams for Shi there, I was really I I knew I was going to get a lot of pushback from the Islamists. But I was actually really stunned that I got a really p- a lot of pushback from the feminist, secular feminists too, huh. and and I, I should have known better because secular feminists, the hardcore ones, even here in the United States, it's it's funny because the term feminist means that you're you're, you're defending people's rights, people's identity, no matter what they are. Mm-hmm. Yet as a Muslim. And as a feminist, I get a lot of pushback from secular feminists. That makes How sense. dare you bring up religion? Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, get, yeah. Even wait, at wait, the United wait, wait. Nations. What do, you mean? what do you mean, how dare you bring up religion? I don't it's like, understand. why do you have to talk about religion? You know, why don't you just talk about feminist values and equality, egalitarian values and skip the religion part? And the problem is a lot of times people will view the system as uh, the system that keeps women down and keeps them uh, oppressed as being religiously based. That's right. And so, so they don't they want to look for solutions that are outside of the source of the problem. So mm. so these these w- women feminists who are from from an Islamic and Muslim culture, they give me a hard time. They said to me verbatim. 
how dare you put Islam and human rights in the same sentence? Huh? Yeah. And so, but my response... Well, wait, I, don't, wait, wait, I don't understand that. What well, do you mean? Well, because the oppression for them, and I don't blame them, uh -huh. the oppression for them and for most of the Muslim world is done so in the name of religion, in the name, in our case, in the name of Islam. Yes. So it's understandable. And they can't get themselves to think outside of that box because uh -huh. they, don't, they don't see that outside of that box. Now, that's changing because of social media. Yeah. But my response is, oh, so secular language only has worked? <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah. Well, and really, all you have to do is point to the fact that it's not just the religious aspect. There are people of other religions in that region that have just as destructive a an approach to sex and sexuality yeah as Muslims do in that region. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to look at it as it being an exclusive problem with Islam when it seems like it's a cultural thing. It's a cultural That's thing, correct. yes. It is. Everything is a cultural thing. That is correct. But it is actually framed in a religion because it's so much more powerful. Orthodox um, Christianity, Orthodox Christians in, in mm -hmm. Egypt, the Orthodox Jews, all the orthodoxies, That's right. they share the same stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. And they share the same inability to have an open, honest communication about sex. Yes. Right. And to the point where stuff like... And it, homosexuality. And homosexuality, oh exactly. My God. Yeah. And that's to the point where people are getting thrown off of rooftops, to the point where uh, people, uh, even in straight couples, they just, they just don't discuss anything as right. far as sex goes. And they end up ha going through their entire lives not having any idea what the other person is actually into. Oh, right. Uh, right. There's... It's incredible the how the lack of communication about sex, sexuality, has caused so much destruction mm -hmm. within the culture. And you know, the, 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 the interesting thing is with hadith, um, um, you know, Islam is known to be, historically, known to be the, the religion that is homo-friendly and, and uh, sexually you know, perverted and all that. That's why the, the colonialists conquered the Muslim world with the excuse that, oh, we need to civilize them. We need to make them more civil. Right. And that's when they also um, enforced the criminalization of homosexuality in a lot of the countries that they colonize, but brown countries. Wait, Islam like, has been homo-friendly? Yes. They, we have never had. But you do understand that people would be shocked to hear that because that is that narrative has never been heard from. Of course, that has never. The first country that uh, that did away with criminalization of homosexuality were the Ottoman Empire right. in the eighteen hundreds or seventeen hundreds. Turkey. Turkey. Did. Okay. Yes. So, so, and this has been our Prophet Muhammad never punished anyone from being homosexual. There's no punishment for being homosexual in the Quran, and yet. What we have done so not, well. But the, are there not hadiths that are against homosexuality? Not, not stoning, not killing, not no. What, what, uh, what? Uh, but there. But are, they're saying that um, for for if you're a man, you should be with a woman, not with a man, right? right. God frowns on that. But for me, I'm looking at it. Well, maybe God is actually talking about the culture in Afghanistan and some parts of Iraq where adult men are married but have boy toys. That's right. Mm. That's right. Right? Yeah. Why are you Which not, is what also why in the Greek culture. Why are people not talking about... Exactly. Why are people... Exactly. Greek culture had that. Socrates had a lot of little sexy boy toys on the side so, who were getting him tea and hand jobs. So, the, so that's why... So the, this Sorry, whole... Was that... No, no, yeah, that's accurate. I, I yeah. think that's fairly accurate. And and that this is 
I think that is historically accurate. Socrates wrote about this, getting yeah. his tea and hand jobs from his tea boy and toys. hand jobs. Yeah, this is the title of a book. There's a lot of uh, contribution. By Sounds like a Cat Stevens album. <laughs> I don't think he would like that. <laughs> tea and hand jobs by Cat Stevens. <laughs> this is this has been my greatest. Work of my life that I really have been sitting on this album. He would be fuming. <laughs> it's been sitting on my face for a long time, and I finally think it's time to release it. He would be. There's fuming. a lot of sexual innuendo in that sentence, but uh, there's a lot of release. I trust, trust you guys to come up with it. <laughs> <laughs> Tea and hand jobs, please proceed on him before we took that right. little detour. So I, I, I can talk. Like for 15 minutes about this. Now, we were talking a little bit ago also uh, off the air about what steps people, because we are coming up against the 2020 elections coming up in a little over a year and everybody's campaigning and everything. What are some ways that we can put it more into the forefront and get the discussion going further? Yeah, I appeal to American um, voters to please, please ask your, your, your candidate of choice or not of choice even, ask them what is their position on female genital mutilation cutting? What are they going to do about the legislation? What are they going to do about reasserting or or um, legislating again a new ban on female genital mutilation cutting, not just on the federal level, but also on the local level? And on the local level, people should also realize that there's a lot of states where marriage age of children is 16 with parental consent, meaning that a lot of children are actually being forced into marriage. If you're a gay child or a lesbian child, um, conservative parents will force their child into marriage. This is unacceptable. Unbelievable. And I really would like to appeal for the American public, the American, American voters to please think beyond what the issues that are just personal of interest to you, but think about the issues that are of particular interest for young children and particularly on the issues of FGMC and on the raising the marriage age of children to 18. Regardless, it should be 18. We're a civilized society, period. That's right. Thank 18. you. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, even at 18, like, what do you know at 18? I don't know much at 18. You well, know, we can't compare it to you, but... <laughs> <laughs> Touche on that, Ani. Touche. I've been running my mouth all day today, haven't I? You're like, let me let me check you her set right now. Up. You're like, you? let me check this bitch right I now. <laughs> like, let me check her right now. Uh, uh, Ani Zanavel, thank you so much for joining us. You're the best, Ani. Thank, thank you. you. Seriously, president it. and founder of Muslims for Progressive Values, talking about all things female genital mutilation and things that really, I mean, and I'm a person who's attuned and i'm very much aware of all of these things i had no idea that it was something that was not i wouldn't say common but uh, occurs here in the united states it's not just an issue that you're going to see in middle east or south asia or africa this is something that's right here inside our backyards Mm -hmm. and we kind of need to pay attention to it especially going into the elections you want to this is an issue that needs to be brought up and people need to take a stand. Let's see if we can actually get it into federal law so that we can have female genital mutilation banned. Yep. Amen. Amen. Ani. Thank you for coming, Ani. You're thank awesome. You. Wasn't that amazing, Sam? That was awesome. Uh, seriously, thank you so much, Ani, for joining us. As, as She's walking out right now. She's got so many places that she's got to go. We really appreciate her taking the time and joining us talking about this stuff. Because this is an important topic. It's something that really doesn't get 
put out on and doesn't get a lot of spotlight as yep. far as the conversation goes with anybody, especially in the Middle East. But it seems to be a thing that impacts almost every woman within our culture. And it's not just in the Middle East or in South Asia or in Africa. We're hearing stories of it and hearing cases and people are being tried and punished legally for cases of it happening right here in our country. Yes. And I, I think uh, I think it's more like trial than punished because just like Ani mentioned, that case in Detroit was dismissed, right? They, yeah. they found the federally unconstitutional to enforce uh you know, and uh, they the the culprits basically walked away scot free. So that this is this is a serious serious crime and a serious, I mean serious crime against children. Yeah. I mean you're talking about the ages of seven, eight, and nine. What does a seven, eight, or nine year old know anything about the clitoris? I'm a woman in my thirties. I'm still learning things about my clitoris. For God's sake, what the hell does an eight year old know anything about that? Yeah, it's not a good situation when you've got people who are unable to make that kind of a decision for themselves, having that kind of a choice forced on them. That's where the problem lies. And that's where this destructive level of communication within our culture needs to change. Cause that's what, these are some of the things that we as middle Easterners, South Asians have to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. These are the problems that we have to encounter and, Find ways to make it so that people who are back in in that area and also here in the United States. Right. Society is here and abroad. Yeah. That makes it so that everybody has this kind of a conversation with each other where we don't hide this kind of thing and have it be like a quiet, dark corner of our shameful past or even of our shameful current history right now. Absolutely. We need to have this out in the forefront, and we need to be able to discuss this thing. And that's why I appreciate Ani coming on the show. And also, she's going to be going over to the U.N. to discuss this. That's so right. it's not just something that she's coming on and just being a special guest for us. She is a heavy hitter worldwide when it comes to this. Amen to that. Ani is, uh, yeah, going to be going to the U.N. and, you know, presenting this issue, which is, it's a you know it's a very serious thing you know i i do want to also add that i feel you know uh, in our culture and i think just not just in american culture but south asian and middle eastern culture too you know men are always given that license or feel a lot more open to go and talk about anything that's sexual related or a sexual problem Women, on the other hand, are constantly told to be shameful or to keep quiet and to you know bury it um and you know our show is about doing the opposite of all that. The yeah. op our show is all about you got problems, you got things, you know, send us a message, tell you know, tell us what's going on. We want to air this stuff out because it breeds way too many problems. So, we're ready to wrap up, Sam? Yeah. Uh, we definitely want to help. If you want to be a part of the show sometime, you want to talk about your issues, hit us up on social media. You can catch us uh was it uh on Instagram? On Instagram. What's our Instagram? Forbidden Talk. That's right. Forbidden Talk. On Twitter. On Twitter. And Facebook. Same thing. All of them, through, all three of them. Snapchat. Yeah. Snapchat's uh, Vine. Vine's out of business, so Vine doesn't exist. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, that was a, that was a mislead on my part. We're not on Snapchat either. Sorry. Snapchat's Are we on MySpace yet? No. no. MySpace, you know, if they revive it. I told give a, give a call to Tom. See what we can do. Tom Tom was a good guy. Tom's a good man. He, had, he was friends with everybody. Uh, Tom was, when Tom greeted me, it was like, we were like soul friends. Yeah. You know? 
It was amazing. But Sam, this was awesome. Uh, I'm so glad we brought on Ani, and uh, yeah, take it away, my friend. Yeah, thanks for joining us this week. We're going to have more stuff to talk about next week right here, Forbidden Talk. Thank you very much.